Hi friends, this is Cheryl from Tutoring with Cheryl. It's the end of a really long day of tutoring. Very successful one, I might add. I've got one more lesson right before my family sits down to have an evening meal together. Um, I am transitioning my students from morning and midday to their evening schedules. Um, I've got a few students that are contacting me to say, hey, we've got open house coming up. I can't make that meeting. And you know what? All of these things are to be expected. All of these things are to be expected. So, you know, I know these things are to be expected because I was a classroom teacher and I absolutely want them going to their open houses. I want them meeting with their teachers. I want them knowing the expectations um, of being a student in that classroom And I want them to feel uh, welcome and excited about their school year. So, you know, when, if you're faced with this as a tutor and you're, you're feeling maybe frustrated or you're a parent and you're wondering, well, is it okay to cancel the meeting because my child has this? The answer to that question is an uh, resounding yes. <laughs> it's okay. And so um, I don't want you to feel like you can't reach out to the, your child's tutor and say, hey, we've got this going on and we'd really like our child to go to it. Because here's the thing, your child is a child. Your child is going to be a member of a classroom. Your child needs to meet their teacher so that they feel confident walking into the classroom. I mean, we're here to help and support your child. We want them to be nurtured. We want them to feel prepared and part of being nurtured and prepared is showing up to the things that count and by golly those things are things that count. I had a really interesting conversation this morning and then I went on to make a video because I have so many tutors ask me how did you get started and you know for them to quickly find that answer that wouldn't be so quick because now I've got enough things on social media that it's kind of getting lower and lower, you know, back into the archives. So I met with a beautiful um, individual over in India today. She had reached out to me yesterday on Facebook um, inquiring uh, if I had a few minutes to visit with her. And somebody else reached out to me the week before as well. Um, Also, another beautiful person who cares about others. Um, The previous tutor was an elementary tutor. This tutor was really interesting. This was a high school physics tutor. And she had been working for, like I did, she'd been working for another company. And was somewhat dissatisfied with her pay. And uh, because she was creating everything and sharing and, you know, it is it is a lot of work. So she kind of wanted to know how to get out there and do this on her own. So um, I went about explaining that. And it sounds simple in theory, but I think a lot of us kind of want to see an immediate reaction or an immediate, um, what do I want to say, an immediate result. That's probably better better word for that. We want to see an immediate result. We want to see something right away for the effort of putting together a website or posting on social media. And to be honest, that's not going to happen. And so my aim when I am sharing information, I'm always looking at that from, well, most of the time looking at that from the parent perspective and what does the parent want to see? And so I was sharing with her 
how she could kind of reach out and organically grow her presence on social media. And um, I think there's always somewhat of a mystery to that. But if a parent is following you on social media, they get to know, like, and trust you. And they can see that you're a real person. As a matter of fact, I was just out at my garden picking tomatoes for supper tonight. And when I say garden, that's a very loose uh, term for a garden. <laughs> it's more like my tomato plants. But um, I think people want to know you as a real person. They want to see you in action, maybe even outside of the four walls of your classroom or your office, wherever you happen to be meeting them. And they want to see examples of how you're working with students. And so that leads me to my examples. So I've got, people are trying to get a hold of me. Um, and I've got a lesson here in about 10 minutes. But let's talk about an example from this week of a student meeting with really great success. And the light bulbs were coming on and the student was growing. Now I've had several examples and I'm, now I'm in my office now, uh, transition spaces for you. I have a little gentleman down in Texas who is going to be going into fourth grade, and he's been working with me, oh gosh, just a few months. And we have really just been focusing on what's a number? What's the value of the number? How can you count up? How can you increase the value. Can you count by twos, fives, tens? Uh, we were just working on rounding the other day and just some of those basic things that I know he's going to see right away when he enters the classroom. And for some reason, he was just kind of bouncing all over in his chair. And I stopped the lesson and I said, so-and-so, because I'm not going to use his name. <laughs> I said, so-and-so, hey, buddy, you need to try and sit still if you can. I know it's hard sometimes, but when you're bouncing up and down, everything in front of you is also bouncing up and down. So I talked to him about belly breathing and how sometimes when we're feeling anxious and we have the need to move, it's actually maybe we just need to give more energy to our brain and we can do that through breathing. And so he said, he thought he felt better after that. I said, all right, well, the next time you feel like you want to jump and bounce because maybe you're nervous or it's feeling hard to you, that's what we're going to do. And so I'm just going to remember that for this little guy that the belly breathing seemed to calm him down. You know, when a child has math anxiety and they're having to practice something that's uncomfortable, that's not fun for anybody, is it? So, um, you know, being able to recognize those things in the students that you're working with is really important. And I try to always check in on the camera and look at my student when we're teaching. Now, you, you can do that easier if you're using Zoom. It's not as easy if you're using Google Meet because Google Meet doesn't doesn't really do that. Uh, when you share the screen, you're just looking at the screen. So many times I'll take my student's image and I'll put it on another screen in front of me so that I can actually see what they're doing and see if they've got a look of uh, pu a puzzled look on their face or if they're feeling anxious, maybe they're chewing on their fingers or they're playing with their hair, they're bobbing up and down. Um, I mean, I've literally had students who are rolling on the floor and I'm like, hey, you got to get up here. I need to see your face. Come on, you can do it. And it is a little bit harder when you're not sitting right there with the student, but, but this just goes back to classroom management. It's very much like managing a classroom. Only you just have one student. You've got lots of miles in between. So how are you going to pull that student back into the lesson? Are you going to say, all right, we need to be done. 
because I have said that. I've, I, and not just to this child, but to other children when they're having a bad day. I'm like, you know what? It's okay if we're done. But we need to let mom and dad know that we're done. Well, right away that turns the switch because they there's typically, they're like, well, I can't tell my parents that we're done because then I'm going to be in trouble. And just knowing that I have parental support is is huge. So I do want you to know that you can rely on your parents. And parents, I appreciate you so much. Um, I wouldn't be as successful at my job if it wasn't for you. So I do appreciate that. And then, you know, I don't just work with students for math. Um, I actually have more students for reading. And, and I love the curriculum that I'm using because it is just, wow, it's just making some great readers. And I'm not, I'm not the kind of tutor that will just powerhouse you through something unless I'm offering it as a class and you know that it's a class. But when I'm working with a student, I want to make sure that they really understand the information before they move forward. So many times with my really struggling students, I will go ahead and do the lesson. But if they are not completely independent at the end of that lesson, we're either going to review it before we start the next lesson, or we might just do that same lesson all over again. And it's always funny when they say, hey, I've read this story before. And I'll be like, yeah, this story shows up in lots of different places, doesn't it? Because I don't want them to realize that they're redoing the the lesson because I don't want them to feel frustrated. So um, I do say that um, very gently to them, um, not in a demeaning way or anything like that, but just that we probably needed to go back over that information. Well, as the school year is um, approaching and summer is winding down, my summer tutoring has definitely slacked off. I know who my fall students are. My fall schedule is really set in place. I've got just a couple of extra places that I'm available. I have my um, my additional teacher who's going to be helping me because I just don't have enough slots in the evening. I, I literally do not. And this year, um, I, I've pretty much said I'm only working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And I think that's the luxury of being a private educator. You can set your days and times. And the reason I have done this, and it's so important to me to have a lifestyle that my husband and I can enjoy together because I was in the classroom for a long time. And I don't want to be held back by my job, but I still want to offer something to students. And my parents have been just absolutely great with understanding that this is a time in my life where I want to be free to host my relatives. I want to be free to travel to go see my kids, um, you know, if they're not here, or if they're, you know, another part of this state or if they're out of state or um, be available to go pick the guys up from harvest and planting and just I, I need to be available if I need to run and go get a part. So I'm transitioning from my morning and my mid-afternoon people to evening times. As the kids are getting ready to go back to their open houses, I'm super excited for them. I feel like the students that I've worked with really worked hard this summer. And I'm so excited. Um, I'm actually printing out little welcome back to school certificates. I went and got them all. Um, stickers. I'm going to be popping those into the mail. So parents be looking for something from me. They'll get a brand new bookmark. Going to get those things in the mail this week because most of them are going back either next week or the week after. So, um, and I, I've already got one student that's um, actively back to school. So I think it's important that we recognize those milestones and not become an island to yourself and not know what's going on. If you're an educator, you need to know the season. You need to know what to expect of your students. You need to know that they're going to be tired. They've spent a whole day at school. Now they're coming back to you. So how can you ease them into that lesson? Are you going to start with a game, a story, talk to them about how things are going? Um, really think about that from the student perspective because 
That's who you cater to. You cater to those kids and those kids are important. They have reached out to you because they want the help and it's super, super important that we recognize it. Well, I'm about three minutes from the start of my final lesson for the day. It's been really productive. I've worked with kids in math and reading. All these students are elementary age students. They graduate from me as they go into sixth grade. So I will work with them up to fifth grade. If they're a sixth grade reader, I'll keep them on. If they're sixth grade math, I move them on to the next person because I am not one who um, is going to get into the pre-algebra or anything like that. Um, I'm I, I find I, I really focus on that intervention piece and how can we get the the solid roots um you know that numeracy skill place value the understanding of numbers how do we add and subtract quickly multiply divide uh what's a decimal what are fractions how do we work with all that that's my emphasis but i gotta go because if i talk too much longer i won't be able to save this and uh, be available for my student you guys Keep encouraging your children. Take them to the library, read with them, play games, keep the learning fun, and as I always say, keep the learning going.